Hello, everyone, and welcome to Global Gurus, where every Friday we explore stories of international business and speak with industry leaders operating around the world. I am your host, Philip Auerbach of Auerbach International. Thank you for joining us. If you're tuning in for the first time, we start each podcast with a running segment called Faux Pas Fridays, where we explore a funny blooper or mistranslation that does not quite convey the professional image that your organization wants to project. So, for example, a sign in English in a Norwegian cocktail lounge said, ladies are requested not to have children in the bar. Today's guest is Ms. Sol Alsina. The most important thing you should know about Sol is that she is an extremely good person. People say that she is the creative and generous one, a 360-degree sensitive human being. Regarding the professional field, she studied international relations, coaching, and design. She is the co-founder of a female design agency called Mundo Digital in Argentina and has created a digital platform to measure employee emotions and company culture in real time. But Mundo Digital is more than just a branding web design and UX UI agency, user experience, user interface agency. There are women in tech driving change with purpose and impact. Choosing Mundo means people are reducing the gender gap in technology, and Mundo actively trains and hires single mothers, refugee women, and young girls. Welcome, Sol. It's a pleasure to, to have you on our show. Well, thank you very much, uh, Philip. Um, I'm actually very, very excited to be here and talk to you. And of course, you know, to have people listen to these stories and cultural differences that I'm sure it's going to be fun. That sounds wonderful. Great. So before we dive in, uh, could you perhaps tell us a bit more about your background and how you grew up and how you gained your global experience or your global outlook? Of course, of course, Philip. I I will do that, and and I I really would like this to be fun, you know, and 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 to people to smile through this story. Let's let's see what happens after I share a little bit about my background and how I become, you know, with this uh, global mindset that I said, you know. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a little town, okay, close to Buenos Aires, which is the capital or the tango town of Argentina, okay. Um, It was very Italian because my mother is from Italy. My family is Italian. And they came after, you know, the war to Argentina. And therefore, I grew up there. Um, It was very intense, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as Italians are, and um, I really all the time wanted to be kind of like global, you know, from the minute I knew that my mother was not from Argentina, I really wanted to understand what actually was Italy, you know, where was that, mm-hmm. who were my family from, and I wanted to kind of like understand the map, right, and and. And that's why I kind of like, um, when I was 18, I decided that from my little town, instead of coming to Buenos Aires, it was quite an experience because I went as a Rotary Exchange student, okay, mm-hmm. on a cultural exchange program uh, to really call it up. In, it was from United States, right, close to Denver. And I did my 
my high school there, my my senior year as a wild card <laughs> in the United States, you know. So yes, actually very close to Denver, uh, really Colorado, close to, to Boulder, uh-huh. actually. So, you know, right there when I was 18 years old, from a little town in Argentina to another town in the United States, that was quite of a difference in terms of cultural, you know, understanding and point of view. And did you speak English at that time? Did you speak much English? I did speak English, but of course I was not fluent because mm-hmm. my mother... Um, she really cared about education, and I really admire and am thankful uh, thank for, for that. She sent me and my twin brother to private lessons, right? But it was not the same, okay? Like, my accent, it was really thick, and it was very, like, a lot of theory. So yes. the, the, the English and the conversations were, were not the same <laughs> as in Argentina studying in a class, right? Of so it was, it, was, it was fun. It was fun. And I, I do have a story uh, yes. <laughs> about that and the accent. So please share the story. Share the story now. Well, um, when I went to this school in, in Greeley, they also, you know, I had to choose between Spanish and German classes as well, right? Huh? And I, I choose, of course, German, okay? And I was in a German class, and of course, it was in English as well. And there is a word that I still cannot pronounce in English. I can't. It's impossible. I don't know why, but it's very hard for Argentinians to pronounce that word. And I'm not sure if I would share that to you. But the entire class was laughing very, very hard. And so was the teacher. And I got got an A plus, okay, in that class. I have to tell you because I really, it was a huge effort. But I just, I say to the teacher, the, the people were talking, right? The kids around me. And I really wanted to concentrate on the class. So I said something, guys, would you please, in front of everybody, should I say this, Philip? Ah. Well, I don't know what you want to say. Uh, do you want to write? Okay. It? Yes, please. Would you please? And Philip, you are going to please. I will say it for you. Please. Would you please? Go yeah. ahead. Oh, that. Focus. Yes, but you know, I said the different way. You can imagine what I said, right? <laughs> it was no, I cannot say it, Philip. Okay. Can, say it again, please. <laughs> Teach me how to say that. If focus. Okay. Would you please focus? Yes. Pose. Okay. And, and and it was, of course, not good at all because I said it very bad. <laughs> and everybody thought that I was, you know, telling them to go away someplace else. <laughs> and that was not the intention of it. And I still cannot say that. And that's why every time I have a client in front of me, I say, I would like to concentrate on instead of saying yeah. that word that I can't, you know? Absolutely. That's wonderful. Yeah. Or you yeah. could also say uh, to pay attention to the concept. Okay. Yes. Exactly, pay Absolutely. attention to. But anyway, that's that's what I said, you know, right. on my first year and everybody kind of like knew me because of that. 
Now that's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. Well, my graduate school roommate um, spoke fluent Spanish. His his wife was Honduran, and he spent a lot of time in Spain and other parts of Latin America. And then he he learned French, and I thought it was some of the funniest thing I've ever heard was speaking French with a Spanish accent, being an American. So anyway. You know, we, we all have issues learning languages like that. Exactly, and and and, and with the accent, right? But it was Absolutely. it was it was it was friendly, though. I mean, they really understood yeah. what I meant, and and it was quite fun. So, tell me a bit about your company, Mundo Digital, and perhaps some of the most successful projects you've ever done. Okay, um, let me start by saying that, first of all, like global group, right, and all this global mindset, mundo in Spanish, the translation, it means world. World, okay. Worldly, world. It, it, it means world. And at the mundo. end, mundo. Yes, yeah, mundo, it means world yeah. in Spanish, the exact translation. But at the same time, we combined an H at the end. Right. Mundo with an age, because it's a human world in a digital uh -huh. world, right? So we really like to speak human in digital world. That's why we added the age at the end of our brand, mm. like concept. Mm -hmm. We really believe that all this um, technological, you know, disruption, let's say, it's really about anthropology, right? It's really about how humans behave, in front of technology. Mm. And we really want to be more human than ever. That's why we want to be human right. in this world. And that's mm. why the name, but it's digital because we actually design websites and landing pages and digital products. And we, we believe that um, we design actually these 24 seven silent ambassadors of brands that really speaks human mm -hmm. when somebody see a brand or, you know, search a brand through the net, through the internet. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much our company. It's a female branding agency. Uh -huh. We are all women um, because that's our business model. Right. And we mainly, we mainly design website and branding concepts, right? Mm -hmm. right. Um, and, and we do believe that um, that's our main, actually, I would say, passion and, and, and success. Yeah. When, when really the, the people, they, they really say, wow, you know, that wow effect. This is very human. I should see that the designs just pop out, you know, through the, through the computer. Mm. So... That sounds and, and it's a language, you know, the design and creativity. It's only one language. You, you don't need to speak English. Well, is it one language? Because what resonates in one culture doesn't resonate in another. Mm -hmm. So when you design for Germany, for example, do you design any differently than when you design for uh, a company in South America, for Chile, for example? <laughs> I think it's different everywhere. I think every brand is unique. And so it's each culture. But there is one thing that is equal to everybody. And it's that every brand really likes to transmit. 
mm. right? And, and to really get and engage. That's, right. that's something that is similar to every brand. And if you ask me, I would say that um, it depends on, on the client's response to to the to the radiar question that that we sent to them to really find out what they really want to transmit you know we have a pre-branding design questionnaire that we sent in order to make sure right. that we don't read the brand as our main culture mm-hmm. it's not our extension we need to make sure that we understand what their culture is really about yeah. And each brand is a, it's a culture, you know, too. Yes, very much. Um, but certainly when you get in, when you deal with issues such as, as colors and images and, uh, you know, patterns and so forth, these do differ by country. You know, the Chinese prefer red, for example, and yellow is the, the imperial color. Um, and other cultures don't use red very often. It can mean prostitution or something like that. So, um, or it, it, in the United States, sometimes red can mean stop, which is you know not, obviously not what you want to convey. So, um, when you do these designs, I assume you do you consider just the company, or do you do you study the national culture as well, or do you study the the companies or the clients' market? Is it international? Is it European, is it local, whatever? Yeah, I would say that we study pretty much the brand um, market and what they want to uh, offer. Because, for instance, pretty much sometimes the brands are more multicultural. Kind of like they maybe the owner or the founder is from China, but probably they are right now trying to hit you know a different kind of market that is not only China, mm-hmm. so it, it's global. But yes, we do kind of like ask what color, right? In terms of psychology, mm-hmm. they they are looking for what what is the color that it's linked to their to their brand what they want to transmit psychologically speaking but yes i mean the answer is philip we do bear in mind um pretty much the brand uh color not the country color yeah very fascinating and can you give some examples of some wonderful successes that you've had some brands that have really taken off yes um we have done uh, the internal communication of Lenovo, okay, here in Argentina. Lenovo. Um, oh, Lenovo. Computer. Yeah. The the Chinese computer company. Yeah. We, yeah. we have, you know, uh, kind of like participated in, in, in an employee engagement storytelling mm-hmm. campaign, and we designed all the all the internal communication to engage them and and create well-being uh through storytelling and it, it was a very unique combination of biomimicry okay it was based on nature the the, the nature and what nature teach us as leaders right so it was a very a very interesting campaign that teaches leaders how to become better leaders uh-huh. by 
observing biomimicry, by observing the giraffe, for example, and how to lead like a giraffe. And it was very, very fun because the the imagery that we chose, it was very compelling and interesting. And that that's, in my humble opinion, right, it was fun. Uh And then, and that was quite a surprise for people because they were not expecting to be learning uh, kind of like, you know, a couple of advices how to be better leaders by mm-hmm. observing the nature and this disruptive imagery that we choose in the internal storytelling. And then websites, we were so happy by, you know, kind of like um, understanding the concept in education, mm-hmm. in the school, mm-hmm. design for um educative platform that we really like from the United States, my virtual classroom, they are, you know, becoming very, very big. They are actually from the Alliance uh-huh. and parallel learning system as well. And their concept was also very disruptive, very global, because actually the logo is already kind of like a light bulb, right? Uh-huh. But become a world with the Linton. And it was very fun to design that for them in the educational field. That's wonderful. Yeah, really. Is that that My Connected? The the company you're talking about, is it My Connected? My my virtual classroom. Yeah, my my virtual classroom, it's it's one of them. The other one is Paradigm Learning Systems. And and really, I mean, they are so much fun and and interesting and technology and it's everything. It's it's in one place for the educational field and for schools. So I think my virtual classroom is the product and my connected or connected is the company. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's wonderful. Um, What about some uh, projects that perhaps did not go so well, either yours or others that you might have heard about? Um, In what way did they not do well and what can one learn from that? Well, um, we have another business unit in Mundo and we actually design, you know, the platform that measure company culture in real time. Mm And to be honest with you, that was quite, and it is already a challenge because we spent almost two years, I may say, during the pandemic, having virtual coffee with many other, you know, leaders from many different companies, Lenovo, Coca-Cola, you know, small, medium-sized companies. It doesn't matter. We had more than, I would say, I don't know, 60 calls for two years to co-create this platform, right? Mm -hmm. And by the time the pandemic was over, right? Uh And it's it's time for companies to use this platform, right? The adoption was very hard, Philippe. Companies were not and are not ready to use um, this platform that measures and expose the leader, to be honest with you. Leaders, they don't want to be exposed. We found out that when they receive the heat map of emotions of their teams and the company culture, they don't want to be exposed. That's what we found out. So it has been very hard to to get the, the platform out there, to be honest with you, even with companies that are, you know, kind of like in a ranking of, you know, the best place to work, 
right. right? Where you're supposed to expose and be honest about everything you do and you care about employee well-being. Mm-hmm. And we found out that, you know, people is still afraid of telling their leaders how they feel because they are afraid of the leader reaction, right? The retribution. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we co-created this with the leaders, right. more than 60 leaders. So I'm like, why don't you want to use it right now? So I, I will say that I don't want to say that it's a failure because it's not. We learn a lot from it. But I say that... Just hasn't succeeded as you had wished, as you had expected. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and cultural differences too, right? I mean, I think in the States and, and in people still, you know, they don't want to, to say how they feel. Oh. They, 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 and like everybody likes anonymity, you know, and, the and security, yeah. you know, the, the, the security of their data. So are you saying when people don't like to express how they feel, do you mean employees talking about their bosses or the bosses talking about themselves? I will say, uh, no, employees talking about their bosses and about their company culture. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because that's what the platform does. They ask, the platform asks people how they feel Mm. about the company culture and, and the key drivers, right? It's fascinating. Yes, yeah. it is. But it, so far, it's a little bit hard, that option. Well, perhaps it works. It will work better in another country. I don't know. <laughs> Where people are not as uh, afraid, perhaps, of talking about... Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not actually in the States. It's in Argentina, in Italy, in Spain. Same. It doesn't matter. I think the world is not ready to really really mm. see mm. the data in real time about feelings, right? It's, right. it's you know, it's kind of like uh, soft skills <laughs> from the leadership. Oh, that's not ready to see, right? We want to see numbers, right. but we're not Days quite are. ready to see, to see the emotional heat map of the team. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, Mundo does business in other parts of the world, in addition to Argentina and the U.S., uh, you said in, in Germany, in Italy, in Spain, and so forth. Um, what kind of cultural differences do you encounter when you deal with executives in other countries? Mm-hmm. Well, um, for instance, um, let me say that I'm amazed and very shocked about the way um, we learn so much by doing businesses with the states, with the United States executives. Mm-hmm. Actually, they were the ones telling us to please raise the prices, right? Oh. And they were, they were really concerned about us not, you know, knowing how to deal with business in terms of prices. They, 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 they really think that our work is really good in terms of quality. Uh-huh. Uh, in terms of design and, and website, but they were, I mean, I'm so thankful for that because they are teaching me results and how to become a businesswoman that really can impact, you know, in, term, in, in terms of the income. Right. And um, that's what, that was one of cultural difference, uh, Philip. I'm not very used and we are not very used to think uh in numbers, huh. we we 
we we don't base that. Uh, we we, should, we were shocked. We were like, are you really serious about this? I mean, about this number, about this. Uh, that's too much, you know. But that has to have. I'm sorry about my my accent, but it's it's actually linked to my culture. We are not taught to value our business because we are always afraid that people's going to say no because it's too expensive because of inflation, right? No, right. So when you go to the world, you 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 become afraid of telling people how much it is, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's if it's pretty much. I don't know, 50% less than in your own country, right? And the quality, it could be very good, extremely good. Of course. That was one of the things that I was very amazed um, about the cultural difference. We are not used to uh, numbers, large numbers. We are friend. Right. We so, don't value ourselves that much. So pricing and uh, pricing by value. Pricing yeah. by value. It's fascinating. Yes. And yes. What about uh, in Europe? Did you? Well, in, in Europe, actually, they are more like us. You know, even even if if of course the euro and the peso, which is our coin, it's extremely you know it's a difference. You know, we were kind of like uh, conquered by Europeans, right? We have eighty percent of right. European background, Italian and Spanish. So pretty much the culture, it's, it's you know a little bit similar. But they are more precise. Mm-hmm. Argentinians, they talk a lot. We are very intense. We really ask personal questions. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. let me tell you that Germans and Netherlands, <laughs> they are a little bit more precise. You know, just tell me what you're going to do for me. Do not ask me how I'm doing and, you know, these personal deep questions that, that this is not the way we do businesses, right? right. And for mm-hmm. us, it's all about connection, connecting emotionally, you know, being hyper about it, excited. And they are like, hmm, can you go to the point, please? Can you just, you know, just tell me what you're going to do and give the other part? Thank you. <laughs> You know, it's okay, but it's it's a little bit awkward because that's not the way we operate, you know. It's we, we really wanted to know more about them. Yeah. That's very interesting because um the United States is called an impersonal business culture. You know, we can pick up the phone and talk to someone across the country, and our country is very vast, you know. Um yes. and just ask about the product and you know, order it, whatever. And I don't need to know the person. The person doesn't need to know me, nothing. But it's much more common outside the US, in in Latin America, especially, and in Europe, where you have to build up trust first. You have to get to know the people and feel feel trust and comfort with the the partners and people that you're dealing with. And then you can do business. Mm. So when you're saying that um, the Europeans are not interested as in as much in the emotions. They just want the, you know, let's get down to business. That sounds much more American. Well, probably because actually the the ones that were hiring us or, or choosing us, they were people from the United States living in Netherlands, right? Or living in um uh, in Germany. Living so, in Germany. 
the vegan uh, correct but they they actually were originally from the states okay so that, um, that will help explain us that, yes. that explains it and then and then of course i mean that's just one of the stories or two of the stories that we got but then um if you ask me about i don't know germany for example it, it really depends we we got uh, you know the name was purinesity and he was very actually from germany but he was really italian too like he loved Italy and he loved like this global mindset. So I cannot tell you exactly the cultural difference because he was mm. really alike us. Right. So and, and and the same thing to you know with Portugal. Um, you know, they, they were kind of like I don't know, probably because of our experience of dealing with multicultural teams. Mm-hmm. Right, people from Greece in one team from Italy, so it was so multicultural that, of course, it was very diverse or diverse, very inclusive. The mm-hmm. way we did businesses, mm-hmm. and we really felt um, one in the line uh, this time. I don't know if it was because of the pandemic that everybody was doing business remote. Right. Because I'm talking about pretty much our experience in these past three years uh-huh. being remote. Yes, that's yes. that was when we actually grew up, uh, mm-hmm. grow grow faster. I'm sorry, grow right. faster in terms of businesses. So I'm talking about this experience right now. Right, that's fascinating. Um, before we close, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Yes, I, I would like to say that the world is actually becoming more global. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cultural differences right now, I I really find that they are becoming kind of like less, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think all this remote um, obligation that we had because of the pandemic made us understand the other one, culture, and kind of like, hey, where is Argentina located, right? I'm talking to Saul. And they are kind of like right now searching for more information. That didn't happen before because the possibilities were a little bit more local, right? Yes. So that's what I would like to share. I think the world is becoming a little bit more, more one, you know, in terms of of Mm -hmm. culturally speaking, the remote mode and more human that's fascinating mm-hmm. and, and i guess yeah. just before we close um what do you do outside of business what do you do for fun i assume you tango because you're in the city of tango, tango. <laughs> but what do you do for fun outside of business i actually i i continue being global Philip, I study international relations. I, I love to meet people around the world. And again, I'm so, so thankful to, to be um, nurturing. I don't know how to say that. Or, or uh, actually international friendship, right? With, with people around the world that teaches me different cultures and different philosophies. Mm. And I study emotions. That's what I do too. I like to study emotions. I go out with friends. I I drink wine because I like wine. I, I cook and I have fun. That's that's what I do. I I that's what I do. I, I have fun. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. It's a great pleasure. 
Well, thank you so much, Saul. It's been a superb pleasure to meet to meet you and to get your insights and learn about your company and your approach to international business. It's just uh, very refreshing and very enlightening. So thank you so much. Thank you, Philippe. Thank you for having me here and representing my team too. You know, it's not only me. You have seven women, uh, only in one, but uh, I'm the voice of them. So thank you for inviting me here. It's interesting. Well, I'd like to, love to come to Argentina and meet all of you one day. That would be great. Okay. Well, we expect you here. So thank you. This has been Philip Auerbach. Please join us again next week for another edition of Global Gurus and their stories of international business. <laughs>